0: What's up, everybody? It's Dude. me, James and Costa here. We're oh, gonna break down Mother Loving Spider Man Homecoming, or as mm. I like to call it, Spooderman Home Jizzing. You not- know why they call it Homecoming? Oh, why? Because the movie is so good that you'll be coming in your pants all the way home. Oh my god! <laughs>
1: it's a movie about children.
0: <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Come on. On,
1: let's keep it let's keep it PG, all right? Let's keep this one PG. We can do we can oh my be God. we can be R on the other ones, just this one PG.
0: Okay, fine. All this right. movie this movie was so good. I have to say probably the best MCU movie that has come out so far to date.
1: What did you like about it the most?
0: Everything. It was written really well. The acting was done really well. Uh the plot was like full on just hit you like a freaking train. And so many references to the greater MCU, you know, universe. A lot of um, references to other movies. This movie was pretty like meta for what it was. Still. Oh heck yeah! Did it bother anyone
1: that Michael Keaton was basically a bat? <laughs> Did it bother anyone that he could fold up under a plane like a bat, and that he is? Probably my favorite Batman of all time. <laughs> you you notice that reference? It, no one ever said anything yeah, about... That
0: was funny, yeah. Right? But he, you know, he's a really good vulture. Yeah, I know. Really I know. But <laughs> he looked a he looked Not a just like just vulture. He played a pretty good villain in general.
1: Oh, yeah. No, his acting was spot on. I mean, that scene oh, yeah. in the car where he figures out Peter Parker is Spider-Man. I mean, he turns around with a gun like behind the headrest and that face. Like, holy crap. Like... You get that. You get that. Michael Keaton happiness just all gone. It's just so straight, so dark. Like I, if anyone spoke to me like that, I would, I would. Pee. That was great acting. Just
0: yep. <laughs> and what did you think about all those uh, little twists that they had? You know, we all kind of thought. You know, we all kind of went into this movie thinking that uh, Liz Allen was going to be like a MJ character, like a Mary Jane replacement. Yeah. Turns out it was. Uh, What's her face? Michelle? Michelle Jones or Michelle Johns, I think that was her name?
1: Yeah. The whole dialogue's character. character. And I love it too because it's so anti it's all it's totally anti Mary Jane. It's totally anti yeah. Spider
0: Man, you know? Yeah, they've yeah, they've changed up so much of like the like Spider Man lore, but still kept it really like close to it. Yeah. At the same time, don't you know if that makes any sense. No it— it
1: does it's it was so it was so artfully done you know it it wasn't so it it fit the scene it fit the setting the environment you know it's a bunch of kids they're still young probably probably just went through puberty trying to figure out their place in the world right and here you have peter parker who's trying to figure out his place in an even bigger world you know the avengers world right he's trying to fit in he's trying really hard to prove himself he's trying to He's, he's really just trying to figure out who he is you know A student stay in school go to the decathlon or is he an avenger and i mean we can spoil it for people right? yeah okay fine who cares that's yeah, our whole, already. yeah we already spoiled it that's our whole purpose we're we're, we're here to spoil things so, so uh at the end when he says no i'm not going to accept a spider-man that is the true embodiment of spider-man you know the friendly neighborhood spider-man oh yeah
0: and did you get the whole um civil war reference right there oh. not the movie but the, the comic book civil war oh heck yeah remember the, yeah remember the little thing when um uh iron man or tony stark introduces uh, peter parker as spider-man to the world i think that was a little like nod to that what do you yeah, mean Yeah, with the little and, uh because in the comic books in the civil war comic books or uh, comics there was a part where, cause you know how everyone was, uh, you know, signing the, the superhuman registration, whatever. And the whole point of that story was, you know, Captain America was against it. Tony Stark was for it. You know, everyone needs to be registered. And all the superheroes in the Marvel Universe were split. Half of them joined Captain America. Half of them joined Tony Stark. And they just fought each other, you know, over this registration thing. Uh, one of the, Key moments um, that swung towards Tony Stark's way was when Peter Parker decided to reveal himself as Spider-Man, or actually, if Spider-Man decided to reveal himself as Peter Parker, because he pulled off. There was that famous, you know, image of him pulling off his mask in the press conference. Which one was this from? This is from uh, the original Civil War comics, oh, not the that's new one, right. not the news Yeah. That was a huge nod to that. Yeah,
1: how did how did that storyline uh, play out? By the way,
0: especially with the uh, with you know in the movie, Tony does uh, offer him the new Iron Spider suit, which is exactly what happened in the, in the Civil War comics. He gave him the new Iron Spider suit after he registered.
1: Oh, but then in this time, he said no.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was that was kind of funny. Yeah, that's
1: that kind of and life. that's
0: thing, though because now in the MCU. Uh, we do have uh, something similar to the Superhuman Registration Act, which is the Sofcovia Accords, right? Which was the whole point of the last, you know, uh, Captain America movie was uh, the Civil War, where they kind of split on signing these accords, and they fought each other. Spider-Man was involved in that as well. That was the introduction to Spider-Man back into the FDU. Um, did you notice that there, there were references to the Sokovia Accords, uh, there was a little funny little mention of Captain America being a war criminal now, right? But, but now Tony Stark, the head, like he was like the head uh, recruiter of you know the Sokovia Accords. Everyone, he was, he, you know, he was the the head guy, like he, the main guy. He's the guy that wanted everyone to sign these papers, right? But here he is being a hypocrite. Not once did he try to get Peter Parker to sign. Yes, uh, it might be because he was a kid, and he's only 15 years old in the movie, but at the same time, he, not only did he not try to get him to sign, but also, he supported him doing his thing yeah. as a master. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely deeper meaning there. He enabled it, too, by giving him the suit, not once, but twice, and he even offered a third suit, or a second suit, for a third time, you know? so. Yeah. What's up, Marvel? What's up, Disney? What's up? <laughs> it, That's probably the only gripe I have about this
1: movie. It, although, it it kind of ties up loose ends a little bit, right? It makes Iron Man look better, right? It, it makes him look more reasonable. It also.
0: Yeah, one could argue that he might have learned his lesson from uh, the final battle between him and, and Captain America and where he got his ass handed to him. I mean, where,
1: uh, what's the timeline but, on this?
0: The Sokovia Accords are still like very strongly uh, uh, supported because if you if you are following the agents of Shield, which the whole season of last year it took place right after Captain America: Civil War, and you know there were mentions of the Sokovia Accord everywhere. Everyone on that show uh, uh, was mentioned to have signed the Sokovia Accords, especially all of the uh, Inhumans, the superpowered individuals in the in the show so the sokovia accords are def, definitely still alive and i think it'll still play a, a part in any uh, upcoming marvel movies uh, especially uh, especially black panther i gotta i mean i have to i can't imagine that you know they won't do anything about the sokovia accords in that movie, especially with black panther being uh an integral part of the movie civil war so
1: what part of uh, what timeline is this? When does Spider-Man Homecoming take place relative to the timeline? You
0: know, it's funny you should ask because I think they screwed that up. Right. Now, uh, if you remember the beginning scene, uh, you see um, Toomes' character before he becomes a vulture. He's part of the like a salvage crew that's cleaning up after the alien and the Chitauri invasion of New York, Right. Right. So we could assume that this was all, like right after, like maybe like a day or a week after the battle of New York, and he they're you know salvaging parts and you know whatever they're going to use it for. But we see this newly minted Department of the, of Damage Control that was you know headed by Tony Stark, and they take over all of the salvage operations of alien technology, right? And they put. They pretty much put him out of business and they're forced to go into underground uh, weapons manufacturing from alien tech. So whatever they're doing. So that means they would have had to. It says says eight years later, right? Yeah. But if you remember uh, the Avengers movie, that was uh, that came out in 2012, not 2009. So because eight years ago would have been 2009. Right. But the event, those events, uh, supposedly took place in 2012 when the movie came out. So if it says eight years, you know, later, that means would it be 2020 that the movie takes takes place? Well,
1: it it also could just be comic book, you know, that they could just justify however way they like, so long as the events happen in the right order. But like, I was just a little confused, right? Because at the end he. Is Tony Stark tried to announce him as a member of the Avengers. And that... I mean, that was supposed to... I mean, you, you know, they had the compound and everything and then Vision and everyone was already living there. And Civil War already happened, clearly. Um, yes. So, that event, actually, we have never seen. Right? We, we literally... Yeah. Th- that's already a time that we literally have not seen yet. So, it's reasonable... Yeah,
0: so all, of, yeah all of these movies of... Have- been taking place in chron- in um yeah in chronological order pretty much right. except for obviously Captain America the, the first Avenger because uh, that one was more of like a flashback movie just like how they did with uh, Wonder Woman the rest of the movie is directly after the events of Civil War
1: okay because
0: you, you gotta remember like um so you see uh Peter Parker getting the um and, you know his that little um self made video that. You know, that he, he had, that he was making, remember? His trip to Germany and yeah, yeah, sure. the Avengers, yeah. Uh, we see the events of Civil War in his perspective, by you in know, his point of view. And you see, we see him come home and he gets, you know, he gets to keep that brand new suit, you know, we see that whole little, oh, I'm not, this isn't a hug, I'm just getting a door for you, little scene, you know? Yeah. Uh, so that is, and then it jumps, I believe it was like two months and then we see him in high school just texting, uh, you know, going about his Spider-Man business and texting his uh, daily report to Happy Hogan, you know. Oh, yeah, and that's right. You see him scroll up on all of those messages that Happy never replied to. But it's all him just sending him texts. This movie literally is like two months after Civil War. Yeah. Which but... means it's actually before Doctor Strange. Huh. Huh.
1: Right, so there has to be some kind of weird timeline gap going on, and I'm noticing some issues.
0: Yeah, you know, this might actually take place before Doctor Strange, then. Right. So now we know kind of that. That they never mention anything that happened in that movie.
1: Right. That's why it's. That's why it's interesting. It's so uh, Avengers focused.
0: And yeah, it does take place before Doctor Strange okay. because Doctor Strange takes place just before Thor Ragnarok, or roughly around the same time. Because the end, the end scene of Doctor Strange, we see him chatting with Thor when he's looking for his father, old, you know, you know Olden. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Doctor Strange is supposed to be in Thor Ragnarok. So they're supposed to play a little bit of that scene in the next Thor movie that's coming up in November. So, yeah, Doctor Strange, it's Civil War, then Spider-Man, then Doctor Strange, then Thor Ragnarok.
1: Okay. That, see, that... I knew there was a bit of a timeline issue, so I just wanted to place the movie in the right right timeline.
0: Okay. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it is kind of weird. Cool, cool.
1: I mean, uh, going back to the other point, though, um, you kind of sympathize a little bit with the villains in this movie, right? It's, it's very reminiscent of the Dark Knight Rises, Occupy New York kind of thing. Remember that one statement that he made where, you know, all the rich people in the world, you know, they don't care about us. They just leave us scraps and that's what we are. We go around picking up scraps and then making a living, right? So it's kind of like and then in Michael Keaton's character, Toomes, I mean, he's clearly a family man, you know, he's willing to die or kill for his family. And it's just and of course Peter Parker's trying to in love with the girl who happens to be the daughter and it's just this whole time they're fighting. It like I don't know who I, I really wanted Peter Parker and Toomes to be like to reconcile somehow, you know, and they kind of do at the end when he saves his life, and I just I just thought it was perfect the way the writers did it.
0: Yeah, that- yeah they seem that they have kind of I wouldn't say reconciled because I, I have a feeling he might come back and try to do harm to Spider Man, but they have like a sort of a truce going on right now. I I personally. I what... don't think
1: they I, I honestly don't think that he's going to come back. I think Disney has officially written oh, no. this villain. If, if, no,
0: if he's not if he's not dead, he's coming back. Oh
1: no, 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 no. I I get a feeling that he's written off forever because I mean, Liz is clearly gone, right? Because she's been she was just kind of quietly replaced by MJ at the end, right? And Vulture I mean, I mean,
0: replaced, but yeah, like I mean, it makes sense that their family would move away.
1: Yeah, so. Uh, I think I think he's a one-offer. I think he's been written off. I don't think we're gonna see Vulture again. I think this. this no, I think Homecoming.
0: The Sinister Six. There's no way that we're gonna. That, that's that's the last that we see of him. Right. You gotta remember, Sony a few years ago was planning a Sinister Six movie, and the Vulture was gonna be part of that team.
1: But at the same time, they're probably not gonna do Sinister Six. And I mean, look at how quickly and easily they got rid of Shocker. Right, they were like, "Oh, okay, let's just kill this guy," and then this guy becomes Chalker. So I don't know. I, I, pers- well, I mean, my theory is he's not coming back. Vulture is a one-offer. Uh, the reason why I say that is because Homecoming is filmed sort of like a prequel, a little bit, right? And what happens in prequels? In prequels, one-off characters come, make a huge impact in someone's life, and disappear forever, never to be seen again in any of the sequels. A prequel to what? A prequel to him becoming this, this Spider-Man that is supposed to be Spider-Man, you know? Because Oh, is- yeah,
0: but I mean, the definition of a prequel means that there has been some sort of established movie before this.
1: I know, but it's like a prequel to the character and his his kind of background. You mean a
0: prelude, mean a prelude to the character?
1: Well, th- th- you know, tomato, tomato, you, you get the point, right? Like, it's... it's if it's like a prequel or a prelude, whatever, these guys, they get written off, right? So that's usually how they make it. So I really don't believe they're coming back. But because they're not coming back, that's why I feel like that last scene is so satisfying um, where where he's in the jail. Uh, there's
0: no way that... There's no... Okay, it's Michael Keaton for crying out loud. There's... I mean, if they have another opportunity to use Michael Keaton, you damn well better believe that they're going to use that opportunity. He is a gold mine. Oh yeah. I just, all the monies and he'll come back and he'll give you a multi million dollar making project.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, but on the flip side, does Michael Keaton want Spider-Man? Right. I don't, I mean, I think it was, I think it was hard enough getting him on board for this to begin with. I don't, I don't think he himself would want to reprise his
0: role and just, Okay, but you gotta think about the scene in the prison, though, the, the mid-credits scene, where um, Matt Gargan, a.k.a. Scorpion, by the way, uh, he tells Toomes that he heard rumors that he knows, that Toomes knows who Spider-Man is. And if he had the chance, like he knows he has people out on the outside that could do a lot of harm to whoever this guy is. Uh, and Toomes, he just goes, you know, he says something like, uh, if I knew who Spider Man was, he'd be dead already, right? He he, he protected his identity, he, like he had no reason to, except for the fact that Spider Man did save his life and his daughter's life.
1: Right. That's why I felt but, like that's why I felt like it was such good closure for not just for no, 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 Vulture, but, the way, no, but for no, the but character. Right. And so I don't think no, they would come back from at, this.
0: You have to look at Michael Keaton's face when he says it though, because it wasn't like uh like he turned good it was as if he had plans already and he doesn't want anyone else to get involved he wants spider-man for himself i mean
1: jeez I, oh, I don't know i mean when i saw <laughs> when i saw his face i i saw a face of kind of like satisfaction you know kind of like i'm done you know because i mean for him the biggest thing was his family was i mean for him the biggest thing was his family. And he just wanted the best for his family. But now that the secret's out and his whole family knows and he doesn't really want beef with Spider-Man anymore, I, I feel like it, it looked, well, like, it looked like for him that it was closure. If, 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 it looked like for him it was closure. No.
0: no, no. It wasn't closure. That's the thing about this family, though. This family is on the other side of the, of the country, right? His family already knows what's up. So he, now he's got nothing to lose. Uh, Which means so, he go so all out. Like
1: a, so you think you think there's an octopus type situation. What do you mean octopus type situation? You think there's like a doc Doctor Octopus where where Spider Man screwed him and he's gonna come back for revenge.
0: Well, yeah. Who's <laughs> for, for crying out loud? It's the Vulture. You're right. not, you know that's a major. That is one of the major major Spider Man villains. You can't just make him a one off. Although yeah. they did it with the Red Skull and Captain America. I believe he, he might be coming back. I think he's. I think uh, Red Skull will come back in Infinity War.
1: But you see, you, you just said what I mean, right? Red Skull is such a huge character, but he was a one-off, and it, if he and, yeah, I, and I
0: still think that he's going to come back.
1: Oh, I don't know. It's it's a. Uh, I mean, they don't have to. That's the thing in the cinematic universe. You know, they have. They only have so much time and space to present the story to. you. I feel like if they're making a movie. It, okay, it, thing is okay. There's so much more fun. they can do. That's so much, so awesome that, that they don't need to really rehash any. You know, in other things oh, they things might I have to. I you,
0: I could give I could give you a 95% guarantee, in my opinion, that they will bring Red Skull back. And that's, I mean, I could tell you all the evidence that you know goes into doing you know into that theory, but that's a whole nother episode that we don't have time for. <laughs> this is Spider Man time. Oh man! Well, I really
1: appreciate how this movie was so multicultural. Did you do you notice that? And I think that's I think that's brilliant. I think.
0: Oh yeah, like uh, uh what was it? Uh, Flash Thompson is a Middle Eastern uh, nerd, not uh, some big white bully. Doc um, Zendaya, or not Zendaya? What's her name? Uh, M. Michelle. And Liz Allen are both half black, um, but is Zendaya black? I, I don't know. Zendaya looked Hispanic to me. And okay, but Hispanic, whatever. Yeah, and
1: Ned Ned is Hispanic, Russian, right? That is
0: like, yeah, like a Pacific Islander or something. It's a moment probably.
1: Right. And Hawaiian. I I like how the movie they tried to bring together all the different. It's you know, it's very rare to do that. To do it in like a high school teenage setting you know that's even that's even more profound in my opinion because it's you know that's the age when people are still trying to formulate their stereotypes about people right but then they're surrounded by all the ethnicities so you can't form any negative stereotypes because your best friend is pacific islander or your best friend is white you know and you're you have a crush on a black girl and a hispanic girl has a crush on you you know and I thought, I just think everything should be like that. And I really, it's a big high five to Disney for doing this. And, you know, Disney is known for, uh, you know, pushing the envelope in terms of social reform, encouragement for children. And I think this is a perfect example of what a, uh, you know, what what all teenagers should strive to be. You know, a, a intelligent, brave person that... Is not afraid to make friends outside of their circle,
0: outside of their own race. So, yeah, and they also set up uh, Miles Morales to come in in the future too. Did they really? Did you get that? Did you get that reference? No, not at all. So, okay, Donald Glover. Um, do you remember the story of Donald Glover trying to be, uh, trying to pitch the Miles Morales movie idea to Sony no. back in the. Alright, so before they made the amazing Spider Man with Andrew Garfield, right? They were uh, rebooting and they were, you know, looking for people to play the new Spider Man. So Donald Glover like like hardcore pitched this idea of doing Miles Morales with him being Miles Morales. Okay. Whoa. They ultimately rejected that idea and went with Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, but uh they did give him a little bit uh, of uh satisfaction there. Because he plays the character Aaron Davis in Homecoming. Aaron Davis is Miles Morales' uncle. Ah. Ah. Uh-huh. And he even mentions that he has a nephew here, and he wants all these all these crazy weapons out of his neighborhood. Whoa. His, his nephew. Now it doesn't say they didn't say how old this nephew is, but Miles Morales is now in the MCU. Damn. Just because of that. Good catch,
1: dude. I would have never even thought about that. I was just like, "Why is Donald Glover here for exactly 1.3 minutes? Like, like what? Is, what is
0: his purpose?" So, whoa, that's a huge. Yeah, because like, yeah, I didn't know what his character's name was. I didn't catch it when if they even mentioned it. But I heard. I remember him saying uh, that that trunk, the, the 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 parking garage scene where he had his hand, you know, stuck to the trunk of his car. And he mentions that he has a nephew in his neighborhood. And I thought, that's a weird thing to mention. You know, that was very specific. Because mm-hmm. Donald Glover, I'm, because I'm, the whole time I'm like thinking, Donald Glover and the whole Miles Morales thing with stony And so I was like, oh, okay. I mean, you know, when they announced that he was casted in this movie, I was like, oh, wow, that's I mean, that's really cool. I mean, too bad he didn't get the Miles Morales part, but it's nice that they, you know, let him have a part in this movie because I know he's a big, huge Spider-Man fan. And then when he mentioned the nephew thing, and I saw his name on the, in the credits as you know Aaron Davis, I was like, "Whoa, yeah!" <laughs> I mean, and plus, plus all the articles I read, I read after I watched this movie, confirmed that he was uh, Aaron Davis, and he is—he uh, did mention the, his nephew Miles Morales.
1: That's a huge. That's a big catch. I would have never even There's seen that. A
0: lot of um, there were a lot of. Uh, characters in this movie that uh, like Spider-Man universe related to, uh, characters that kind of just like didn't really uh, you know jump out you know like Liz Allen for example was uh, Peter Parker's original love interest in the in, you know when they first introduced the character in the comics it wasn't Mary Jane Watson it was Liz Allen his first crush in the comic
1: was that from the new uh, cycle of comics or is it
0: dating back to no, no. All the all the original Spider Man appearance. Oh damn! Back in, whatever it was like forties or some whatever. Oh damn! Yeah. I
1: mean that's why I think Disney's doing it. They're bringing it all together from beginning to the end. It's it's fantastic, and I really can't wait until their universe resets. Yeah, that's what
0: I was, yeah, what I was trying to say earlier. Um, like they have they changed a lot of like the Spider Man mythology, but at the same time they kept a lot of it like, really tight, too. Like, I've, there's a lot of, like, old-school references, but at the same time, some of the newer stuff got, like, kind of changed around to make itself different from the previous Spider-Man movies. I mean, they just get That's,
1: it. You know, they just get it. It's All their movies are huge fan service. They just drop all these things that they know old-school comic book readers are going to want to see. And on top of that, keep it a coherent movie for the newcomer to watch it, it's just always done so well this time around even better i i really want to see all the future movies and see how they can top themselves and sort totally, of uh, storytelling amazing
0: oh yeah and here's why i think the sinister sticks is definitely going to happen and why i think the vulture is going to come back um do you remember uh, every time they showed the the crew the salvage crew there was that one like older gentleman uh in the glasses that was always working on something right he was the guy that was that kept looking at his uh his phone whenever it rang Do you remember that guy he wasn't old though he was like a young 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 yeah he wasn't that old but like he was one of the older guys in the crew yeah maybe like in his like 40s or something okay while everyone else was like we're like in their 30s but yeah his character's name is phineas mason oh really A.K.A. the Tinkerer, right? Yeah, yeah, he's the guy that creates all uh, like most of the the tech for the Sinister Six. But so
1: you're thinking they have a separate movie on this?
0: No, no, no. I think they're gonna do Sinister Six and like maybe like the third movie, third Spider-Man movie. That makes more sense. Not the second one because I think the second one we need to see him um, go up against another major villain by himself. You know, maybe like two villains, but then. The third one, though, I think it has to be like a combination of like all the villains that he's fought against before and all the ones, like a bunch of new ones, and then they just come together and go up against Spider Man and, you know, he gets some help from the Avengers or some crap. I mean, this but is, Yeah, I think this is very possible. This is all assuming
1: that we get to keep the Spider Man. I <laughs> mean, it is Sony we're talking about. Oh yeah, no, I think we're gonna keep him. Tom Holland is. A fantastic job. But it's Sony, dude. I know they're playing nice, but they can just change it up any moment. And they tend to. A lot.
0: Yeah, well, they would be losing a big payday if they do.
1: That Although, I did notice Sony, Sony is playing along very nicely, though. And they are... They, they want the money. Well, no, at, at the same time, they put a lot of money down on this film. If you check out the credits, right? So... I, was look- I always like looking through the credits because I like to see, you know, the, the companies and the industry leaders that work on the film. And, of course, this was given to Digital Domain, which is kind of like the uh, cookie-cutter sci-fi produ- production company. But, you know, this was Sony Imageworks, right? This is the equivalent yep. of, of Industrial Light & Magic, but in Japan. So, Sony actually flexed some serious production muscle for this movie and they really stepped up their share and, you know, produced this movie really hard. And they, hired, yeah, so, yeah they hired
0: yeah, a, a couple so other pretty much put the money and the production work into this. Uh, while, uh, Disney, uh, and Marvel, they put in all the creative work into this. Right. Most and, of the creative work. And I think it's a it's great, like Kevin Feige took over, uh, or oversaw pretty much everything that was every part of this movie. Oh, no way. I mean, wow! I like that a lot. And they I mean, do... if Tony's gonna play around with, you know, Marvel's biggest character and actor, aka Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark, um, yeah, you better, you better damn believe that Kevin Feige is gonna be involved. True, very true. And uh,
1: yeah, just I really like how they were able to, how the two companies, even though they are direct competitors, could come together over a movie. And each contribute the best parts of themselves. And just to create a movie that we, the viewers, like to, you know, there was, Mm I I don't, I don't sense any like competition. I don't sense any, any fighting, you know, this was truly a movie made through peace, you know, and,
0: and it's just because both, yeah, because both parties have so much to gain out of this. Yeah. Uh, Marvel gets their Spider-Man back. Uh, and they get to make some money off of him, Whereas Sony gets to finally have a successful Spider-Man franchise. Right. It's just, it's just fantastic. And make a lot of money. It.
1: Yep. And Sony hired a lot of, you know, next generation, uh, art and production, CG houses, so Trickster, third floor, these guys, I mean, they're, they're out there right now. Like those are, those are the guys that are going to define the future. And Sony's picked these guys up, you know, so they're getting very progressive in their movie making. And, you know, I, definitely I, I think it's some encouragement from Disney because Disney's always kind of at the forefront. And it's good to see that the, you know, the big name Sony is starting to pick that up because their movies were were kind of getting a little, you know, they were getting a little old fashioned. So that's what I really appreciate. But um, the other thing, though, the big Easter egg and I don't know if this is purely spe- speculation or maybe hope, but you know how they sold the Stark Tower, right? Uh-huh. You know, the Stark Tower in in the comic books was originally called the Baxter Tower. Oh, the Baxter Building, yeah. Yeah, so Tony Stark bought the Baxter Building in New York in pretty much every cycle of Iron Man in the past. And, uh-huh. to, and guess what? I guess who else occupies the Baxter Building? The Fantastic Four. The Fantastic Four. So, right? Are we? You, is this a clue? I think I know where you're going with this. Is this a clue? I mean, the fact oh, that he sold it and they had to move out. Do you think? I mean, am I just like totally wishful thinking here? Well,
0: it might be mostly wishful thinking because in the movie they explained it that um, you know they just had every, well, they had all the Avengers in that new complex already. So they might as well just make that the new headquarters, you know. Uh, And they just—we have
1: no idea who's taking over the Baxter Baxter.
0: Well, they didn't. They never called it the Baxter Building. I know. Yeah, they never—not even not once in the whole MCU that they ever referenced it to the Baxter Building. And you know, this is Sony and Marvel, so of course the Fantastic Four is not going to be involved in any in referenced in any way because uh, Fantastic Four is owned by Fox. Right, but. This might be uh, a clue, uh, like you were saying. This might be a clue because I remember. Uh, do you remember me mentioning that uh, a, few, a few months ago that Kevin Feige wanted to bring everyone back into the MCU, including the X Men, the Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man? Yeah, I but remember it, you mentioned this that. Might be a little bit of a clue to them, you know, alluding that this deal is actually happening.
1: I mean, you will at least in this universe, the MCU. Now we know there is a big Baxter building in New York that's sitting. You know what I mean? Like, that's a well,
0: huge. Well, again, we can't call it the Baxter building because they never did.
1: I, I know. But, oh, I... but we all know it as the Baxter thing.
0: If this Fantastic Four deal does go, go through, um, I, I still don't think they would call it the Baxter building. I think they'll just call it Stark Tower. But, right. they, you know, they can still you know, use it as their, you know, home and lab except you know when they pay, when they pay rent they'll be paying it to <laughs>
1: <laughs> superhero rent all right rents do all right well, cuz that, <laughs> that
0: was like one of the that was the, one of the uh, uh, story points of the fantastic 4 is that they were always like out of work and they couldn't afford to pay the rent sometimes <laughs> that's why they have to go cuz if you watch the original fantastic 4 movie that was like the whole point of involving victor von doom into that their experiment yeah because he wanted to fund them and he needed their, his money they needed his money to pay for the rent
1: <laughs> i always thought that was super stupid <laughs> like, yeah, no. like why do you live in a giant 60 story building in the middle of new york <laughs> why don't you go live in like oregon or something
0: <laughs> there's so much more to talk about uh but unfortunately we are out of time However, I do want to end with one more uh, little Easter egg, and which is um, Kenneth Choi's character, the principal, Peter Parker's principal. Did you, uh, did you think that he looked a little familiar? Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. Do you know where he's from? No. Okay, he's the same actor that played uh, Jim Morita in Captain America: The First Avenger. He was he was one of the Howling Commandos.
1: What?
0: Uh, the principal's name is Principal Morita. He is uh, Jim Morita's grandson. Oh my. Yeah, and if you look at the scene where like Peter's in his office, like he's getting lectured, uh, you can see his, some of his uh, grandfather's World War II photos on the on his. I think it's on his desk or on the counter or on a shelf somewhere. But yeah, you see his uh, his grandfather's photo right there, which is just a photo of him. So yeah, he played his own grandson. He played his, he played both characters—his grandfather and his grandson.
1: Dude, mind blown! Either that, yeah. either either mind blown or we need more Asian actors.
0: But <laughs> I thought that was a really really nice little nod to, like, because like I said, this movie is just so like talk full of uh, Easter eggs and references to the greater MC, you know, Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Dude, and I hope and
0: they. only that, but a lot of like really obscure references too. Like things that you would never catch on unless if you were, like, really paying attention,
1: dude. And that's I love why, that I love that. And that's why we have a podcast about this stuff because James, a big time nerd. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I guess I'm
0: also, also pretty cool, ladies. Please like me, please. <laughs> I'm single.
1: That that just scared them away. Like you were you were okay. Oh. No, like you were okay. Up until that point, like, like, I think a girl would, like, might have been willing to have coffee. And then you said that. And then now they are, like, a mile away. Good job. Uh, Good job. <laughs> anyway, I'm
0: so lonely. Anyway,
1: anyway on that note, <laughs> we're both lonely because no one listens to our show. And to the fictitious listener that we really hope exists, uh, a wonderful night to you. Thanks for listening.
0: Once again, I have been James. <laughs> and he has been foster i have been <laughs> and we were the nerd dimension thank you very much for joining us.
1: we were the nerd dimension and i just bought this new microphone damn it